All right, well, hey, we are in week three of our series called Reboot, and we're trying to get uh, back to our factory settings. 2020 was a difficult year. There was lots of problems that have happened, and I think there's progress being made in certain areas. It can be long and difficult, but there's progress being made. But 2020 was full of heart pitfalls. And I see that among many believers, you know, not all, but some believers have had these heart pitfalls in 2020. And so we want to reboot. When I have problems with my computer, I shut it off. I turn it back on. If that doesn't solve the problem, I know I need some more help than what I can provide. But that's basically what I want to do. Let's go back to our factory settings. Let's grab hold of what we're here for. And so basically, we're going through the vision statement in our reboot series, which is reach up, rise up, reach out. This is what Good Hope Church is all about. It's about connecting with God, growing in your faith, and making a difference in this world. That's it so far. This series, the last two weeks, first week was get the plank out of your own eye. You know, we need to do introspection. A lot of 2020 was pointing the finger at other other people. The Bible says we should look at ourselves and get the plank out of our own eye so that we can help other people. First week, get the plank out of your own eye. Last week, we want to change from the inside out. It's valuable to try hard, but what tends to work in the long run is when the Holy Spirit comes in and changes our hearts. Then our behavior changes from the inside out. So that was last week. This week, we're going to talk about prayer. God's people are people of prayer. We want to get back to that factory setting of being people of prayer. We're to pray continually, pray without ceasing. We are called to be people of prayer. If you were to say, what are basic characteristics of a Christian, just to a random person on the street, probably one of the things they would say is they're people who pray. And if they're people who don't pray, if there are Christians who don't pray, then that's a problem. You can start wandering off into weird places and, you know, because prayer is very, very important. But there's distractions in this life. There's discouragement for prayers that aren't answered the way that you would want, or even that the absolute opposite thing happens from what you were praying for. There can be discouragement. There can even be bad theology that ruins people's prayer lives, that basically demotivates them from praying. But I got to tell you, the scriptures say that prayer is important and that we need to pray. So we need to be people of prayer and we need to make sure that the distractions, the discouragement, and the bad theology, the bad ideas about God don't stop us from being people of prayer. Recently, I was at a pastor's meeting, and I got to say, I love Cloquet, and I love the faith community of this area. We've got wonderful churches. Good Hope, I believe, is a good church. We're trying to do our best to do our part for the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. But we've got a bunch of other churches that are just doing great work for the kingdom of God right here. And we have a pastor's meeting on Wednesday mornings over at Grace Church here in Cloquet, and Pastor Ted hosts that, and their associate pastor Bill is always there, and they're just fantastic people. We have a few pastors there that always pray together every week, encourage each other, and it's just a beautiful time. And this last week, one of the pastors, you know, just basically asked a question about prayer. So we had a nice discussion about prayer, and I wish it was recorded because I couldn't remember it all, but it was just 
one of those times where you can tell something good's happening. You know what I mean? You're in that discussion and God's people, each one is bringing something good from the Lord into the discussion. It was just beautiful talking about prayer. And basically, you know, the question we were talking about is why do we pray? What difference does it make? You know, here at Good Hope Church, whenever we do our one minute blessing, I say the same thing every time, you know, we need to pray because prayer moves the hand of God and it changes the heart of the people who pray. So there's two important aspects of prayer that we always talk about, which is God changing the world, making a circumstance change in our lives, you know, our communities around the world, the moving the hand of God, but then also our heart changing. If you pray for your enemies, your heart is going to change. Jesus commanded us to pray for our enemies, you know, to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. If we do that, then our heart will change. And so we talked about these concepts in our pastor's meeting, and I just want to kind of go through a little bit of how we discussed it. And this is still in my words, you know, so I'm giving you my take on the meeting. Other ones might say different things, but why should we pray? The first thing somebody brought up was because God said so. And that's a, that's a good answer. I want to know why did God say so, but you know, I think it's important to know that God did say so. And so I want to read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, and make it very, very clear. There's a preponderance of scriptures about prayer, and it's obvious that God's people are to be people of prayer. We're commanded to pray over and over and over again. But Ephesians 6, 18 is just an important verse with this. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So we are to be people who pray in the spirit. This is a connection with God while we're praying. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests and to keep on praying for the Lord's people. So we're to pray for each other, pray in the spirit, all kinds of different prayers and requests. And we're supposed to be people of prayer. But why would God tell us to do this? Why would he tell us to be people of prayer? There's got to be more to it than that. Though obedience is sufficient. If God says do this, we don't necessarily need to understand everything and understand why. That's where faith comes in. You know, where God says, hey, trust me. And we say, all right. And we go with it, even if we don't understand what's going on. But I think we can get a basic understanding of why we pray. Another thing that we talked about in our pastor's meeting was it helps us to align ourselves with God. You know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying before he was going to be arrested and then tried and scourged and crucified, he was praying fervently to God, to his Father in heaven, to, you know, if, if possible, take this cup from me, you know, and what God the Father did for Jesus, the Son, not change the situation, but prepare Jesus, align his heart with God's plan. And Jesus was then able to go through the difficulties of that time of the arrest and the trial and the scourging, the mocking, the crucifixion. He was able to go through that in victory. He was able to lean into it, not call upon, you know, 12 legions of angels to rescue him, but he was able to go through it and get the victory by submitting to that and then paying the price for all of us to be forgiven. So that prayer that Jesus prayed helped to align him with his father, but the disciples that were along kept falling asleep. 
Now, Jesus asked them to pray with him. And when they were praying, they kept falling asleep. Why did they need to pray? Was it so that Jesus wouldn't have to be crucified? Well, obviously he was going to be crucified. It was all part of God's plan from the beginning. And so they weren't going to stop that, but they would have had their hearts aligned with the situation and they would have been able to walk through it with victory instead of the way that they did, which was just run scared, be completely confused, get caught in despair in the midst of it, wondering what in the world's going on. If they had been aligned with God, they would have been more well able to handle the events that they were going to go through. So one of the very important parts of prayer is helping us to align ourselves with God, align our hearts with God. Why do we pray? Because God said so, because it helps us to align ourselves with God. And then the third reason here is it allows us to access the storehouses of heaven. That's very much my verbiage from the prayer meeting uh, that I had with the pastors. You know, there's, there's that thing of moves the hand of God. We access the things of God. We can see prayers answered. And the way I see that is it allows us to access the storehouses of heaven. We don't manipulate God into giving us what we want, but when we're aligned with God, when our hearts are in the right place with God, then we can access the promises of God or the storehouses of heaven by faith and receive answers to those prayers that are aligned with God. So let me give a couple of examples. For example, in the storehouses of heaven, to speak somewhat figuratively, there is forgiveness. Anyone can ask for forgiveness and receive it. It's there waiting for you. All you got to do is go to the storehouses of heaven where forgiveness for you is housed and by faith pray and ask God to forgive you because Jesus has died on the cross for your sins. The wages of sin is death. He's paid that price for you. And so you can receive forgiveness, whatever you've done, because that is there waiting for you in heaven. John 3.16 is a fantastic verse that helps us to put this into words. You know, very, very simple, simple concept here. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So we want to believe in him, not perish and have eternal life. So part of believing is trusting in him for forgiveness. When we do that, that forgiveness is already there in the storehouses of heaven. We access it by faith through prayer. We get forgiven and we're saved. Fantastic stuff. There would also be say restoration and healing for the nation waiting for us in heaven. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 7.14, something that lots of people have been praying over in recent years, but this is something that God Almighty said to Solomon after the dedication of the temple, Solomon's temple back in the Old Testament, and God was you know, laying it out. If you guys follow me, it's going to go good. If you go your own way and forsake me, it's going to go bad. And he was talking about now if it starts to go bad, then you got to come back. And that's what 2 Chronicles 7.14 is talking about, where God says to Solomon, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So this promise, of course, was specifically stated to 
Solomon's kingdom in Israel, but I believe we can extrapolate that, we can generalize that to the United States or any other country, any other kingdom on this earth. If the people who believe will humble themselves and pray and seek the face of God and turn from their wicked ways, then Almighty God will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and will heal their land. So that restoration, that healing of the land is there waiting. And imagine if every person in America humbled themselves before God and sought the face of God, the truth of God, and turned from their wicked ways. How much more work would God have to do? <laughs> like If everybody just got their hearts right, humbled themselves before God, turned from their wicked ways, then and sought the face of God, then we'd all be cooperating. We'd all be working together and it would be an awesome, amazing thing. And we would see healing. And then God would even help us as we see there in that scripture. So I see that we can access the promises of God, the things in the storehouses of heaven through prayer. So prayer is super, super important. Very, very important. So we must be people of prayer. So we are restarting our Take 5 initiative, which we got some nice little cards here. I'm going to talk about this Take 5 initiative here in a little bit. But first, I want to tell you about my father-in-law. My father-in-law passed away this past year, and he was a significant person in my life. He's the one who led me to faith in Jesus. He shared his faith with me. He gave me a Bible to read. Uh, he mentored me some, you know, but one thing he did, he prayed for me every day from before I got saved until his death. Over three decades, he prayed for me every day. And a lot of what you see right now is answers to his prayer. It's not just, well, there's Pastor Mike doing really good for himself with the spiritual gifts or whatever. I can stand before you today because that man's prayers were answered. And hallelujah for that. And so I know the value of having somebody praying for you. And I think it's so important that we all have people praying for us. And as we read in Ephesians 6.18, that we need to be praying for all the saints, which saints just means believers, members of the congregation, people who believe in Jesus, that sort of thing. You, know, you don't want to make it too fancy in this context. It just means somebody who believes in Jesus. We need to be praying for each other. I have benefited from that. I didn't grow up as somebody who had people praying for me. So as an adult, to have someone pray for me that consistently and with that much love and a great man of faith whose prayers got answered, it was amazing and wonderful. And I want that for everybody. And so that's why we are jumping into this Take 5 initiative. Everyone should have someone pray for them every day. So let's take five minutes to pray for five people each day. It's just that simple. So we got the little cards here and it's a simple idea. It's very manageable. I think if you're a believer in Jesus, you can commit to just praying for a few minutes in the morning or the evening. I don't care what time it is. Just pray for a few minutes. It's simple. It's manageable and it's exponential. So if everybody prayed for five people, we have exponential growth in prayer. If one prays for five, that's five people getting prayed for. If those five pray for five, then it's 25. If those 25 pray for five, it's 125. You know, the graph uh, goes 
up. It's an exponential growth pattern if people just pray for five people. So let me talk about the plan, how we're going to do this. The plan is to pray from the inside of Good Hope Church out. I will personally pray for our staff and board and their families. All the members of our church staff, the members of our church board, their spouses and families, I will pray for them. Our staff and board will pray for our prayer teams. We've got about 30 people on our prayer team. And so that takes six of them, you know, five each to do that. Then we've got our prayer teams and then some leftover staff and board to uh, pray for all of the volunteers. So all of the volunteers, that means you have a name tag, a Good Hope Church name tag. If you've got a name tag, someone will be assigned to pray for you. That's how we're going to do. And then from the volunteers, it goes out from there. So all the volunteers pray for five people. Now we've got five times more people being prayed for. Then we have volunteers and we have about 200 active volunteers. So that's a thousand people. And if those people pray for five more, then we've got 5,000 people being prayed for. When we get to the volunteer place, volunteers will be assigned someone to pray for them from the board and staff and the prayer team, but they won't be assigned someone to pray for unless somebody requests to be prayed for. So if you want to be someone to be prayed for, one of those thousand people that we have room to be prayed for, then shoot me an email, pastormike at goodhope.ag. All you have to do is give me your name. You can give me more information if you want. You can do a list of people. We'll make sure that some of our volunteers get given your name and they'll, you'll have somebody praying for you in 2021. So that's how this is going to go. And I want this to just keep going because if it is limited to Good Hope Church, whatever, that's okay. But if this just kept going, if everybody prayed for five people, let them know, hey, I'm praying for you. Uh, I've got five people I'm praying for, or I've added five people to my prayer list. And I'm praying for you. And if, if you feel led, I encourage you to pray for five people. And if the other people grab hold of that, it can, this could spread over the whole globe. I mean, the whole world could be prayed for if we just keep going with this because it's exponential. It's five times more than where it starts. So also, I want the commitment to be 2021. So pray for five people, five minutes, five times a week. Take five, five minutes, five days a week to pray for five people because you can't take your stuff. You can only take people, you know, you don't get to bring your truck to heaven, but you can bring your neighbor. So this is something that's possible. we got uh, the five spots on the back to pray for people. Let's be people of prayer. Obviously, you don't need a card to pray for people. You don't need to be part of Good Hope Church. doesn't matter. But I encourage you, if you are hearing me speak right now, I challenge you in 2021 to pick five people and pray for them and let them know you're praying for them and encourage them to pray for others. If you would do that, I think we could be well on our way to this prayer revival and see an amazing breakthrough. But how do we pray? The reason we do our one minute blessing in church every time is because when we were getting the church started years ago, I was asking people to pray and, and they were, they just stare at me, you know, in fear because they had no idea what to do. 
And I thought, well, I'll, I'll give them an example. We'll, we'll take some time and pray every service so that they can see how it works. Just a simple little prayer, just from the heart, nothing fancy, good introduction to how to pray. But let's talk about that with a little bit more detail because some people are intimidated by praying. They're afraid of God. They don't necessarily know how to just be comfortable in the presence of God, or they're worried about doing it wrong, uh, you know, praying the wrong thing or something like that. It's pretty simple. You know, you just talk to God like he's there. If you say it wrong, he'll hear it right. He's real smart. He's also very gracious. So just let it flow. It'll be fine. Even with saying that, let's go through some biblical examples of prayer to make this a little bit easier. Let's give some, some biblical templates. Now, the most important one has got to be the Lord's Prayer. Let's look at the Matthew 6 rendition of the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to read Matthew 6, verses 5 through 15. We see Jesus teaching on prayer, and then he gives the example, which we call the Lord's Prayer, and a short, easy template for us to go from. So here we go. Matthew 6, starting in verse 5. And when you pray, this is Jesus speaking. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So it's not about getting people to know that you're praying or watch you pray or think you're super fancy. Just go pray, you and God. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So that means that five minutes is probably, in this respect, sufficient. There were times where Jesus prayed all night long, and there are times to pray all night long. There are times to take a week and and pray and fast. There are times for that. But there's also time, just a quick prayer that's effective because our Father in heaven already knows what we need. A five-minute prayer is legit, and we're actually following the instructions of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 when we pray quickly. Let's keep going. Verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So this is a great basic template that Jesus gives. Of course, there are churches that pray word for word and usually from a different Bible version, uh, the Lord's Prayer. And that's great. I'm all for that. That can be very meaningful and very powerful. But I believe Jesus gave this not as something we should repeat word for word, but just as an example, as a kind of a template. And so I want to talk about five pieces of the puzzle in the Lord's Prayer that we can just put into our own prayer life. So here's the basic template. Honor God. Start with an honoring of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Honoring God. And then submit to God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a submission prayer. And then there's a prayer for provision. Give us this day our daily bread for forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then prayer for deliverance. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
And that's the basic template. Honor God, submit to God, pray for provision, pray for forgiveness, pray for deliverance. So how do you pray? Like if you're wanting to pray the Lord's prayer for other people, how do you do that? Well, again, it's pretty simple. You pray the first two parts yourself, honor God, pray a a submission part. You can just do that straight from here. You know, uh, I like to do it kind of in different wording, but something like father, you are mighty and powerful and wonderful and glorious. And I want you to show me your ways and, and teach me your ways so that your will may be done in my life, in our community. You know, that's the same basic stuff. And then you can pray for provision for the person. So I'll just use my wife, Trinette, as an example. If I was praying for Trinette, I would say, Lord, and I pray that you would provide for Trinette's needs. Just like you said, give us this day our daily bread in your prayer example that you gave to your disciples. I pray you would give provision to Trinette. And Lord, I pray for forgiveness for Trinette as she forgives others, that you would forgive her. And Lord, that you would not lead her into temptation, but you would deliver her from evil, that you would protect her from the pitfalls and the darkness of this world, but you would deliver her into your goodness. So praying for provision, forgiveness, and deliverance. And as we go through this, the, uh, the sermon notes are on our website, goodhope.ag. When you go into the sermon area, you can get a copy of the sermon notes. So if you're forgetting the details, don't worry about it. Go get yourself a copy of the sermon notes, and that can help you get started. So that's how you pray for somebody else. Pray an honoring prayer that submits to God, and then pray for provision, forgiveness, and deliverance for the people on your list. So that's how we can pray the Lord's prayer for other people. Let me look at Ephesians chapter one. I'm going to go through four different examples of scriptural prayers. And the last two are very simple. So it makes it easy. There's many, many examples in the Bible of prayers. You can Google biblical prayers and things like that. And you can just notice them as you're praying uh, and reading the word yourself. As you're going through your devotions, you can notice these prayers and you can incorporate them into your own prayer life. So I encourage you to do that. I'll just give you a few examples. Next one, Ephesians chapter one, verses 15 through 21, which I assume is the inspiration for two worship songs. So see if you can notice them. As we read through Ephesians 1, 15 through 21, it says this, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So I'm assuming nobody's told me this, but you see, uh, open the eyes of my heart in there. And then a little Jeremy Camp, same power in there. I think those songs must have been inspired by Ephesians 1, 15 through 21. So here the apostle Paul is specifically telling how he prays for the believers in Ephesus. 
I mean, it's a fantastic thing for us to be able to look at. So he prays, starting verse 17 again, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So again, with this one, it's pretty easy. You just take the you out and you put in the person's name. Almighty God, may you give Trinette the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that she may know you better. I pray that you open the eyes of Trinette's heart so that they may be enlightened in order that she may know the hope to which you have called her to, that she may know the riches of your glorious inheritance in your holy people, and that she may know the incomparably great power that you have for all of us who believe. That takes a little bit of work, but just put the name in, pray that prayer. It's fantastic stuff. And this prayer is beautiful. I encourage you as you pray through that to kind of notice the different aspects of it. And it's just, it's good stuff. But basically you can just pray this over people. It's a great template. It's a biblical template. And you can pray that over people. Even if you don't know anything else, you're not sure what to do. Just pray what the Bible says over people. Let me give you a couple easier ones. So Psalm 20 verses one through five, super easy. So this is a prayer. It's a a song written by King David for the director of music. And here's what the first five verses are. Says, may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. So that's just a very straightforward prayer. You can pray over somebody. You can put their name in there and go through that. Psalm 20. It's a great one. And then uh, the shortest one I have on my list is 3 John verse 2. 3 John verse 2 is fantastic. It says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So pray for them for, for good health and that all may go well, just like their soul is, is doing well. So you're praying for their health, for their life, and for their spiritual being. So just some, some straightforward stuff. You substitute their name in these prayers and you can pray for them. Very simple, great way to be able to do take five, to take five minutes, to pray for five people five times a week because you can't take your stuff to heaven, but you can take people to heaven. couple quick tips before we finish up here. I was listening to a podcast. Mark Batterson was on talking about his new book, Win the Day. And he was talking about habit stacking. And one of the things he said was he does his prayer time with his morning coffee. He described the kind of coffee he gets. And, but then he, he knows he's going to drink his morning coffee. He is convinced every day he will make that happen. And so if he stacks his prayer list with his morning coffee, then he knows he's going to get to his prayer list. So stacking habits can be helpful. Tie in the people you pray for with something you know you're going to do each day. When I'm making my cup of coffee in the morning, I'm going to pull out my card. I'm going to pray for my five people, however it works for you. But if you stack habits, it's going to make it easier for you to remember. 
Quick tip number two, keep a notebook nearby to write down things that you all of a sudden remember that you need to do. Sometimes when I go to prayer, it'll be like, oh, wait a minute, I got to remember to do this and I can get distracted. But if you just have a little notebook or something, you can write it down, type it on your phone, whatever, so that you can get it out of your head. You know, you're going to remember it and then you can get back to prayer. That can be helpful. And then uh, my third quick tip is if you notice that you're thinking of something else when you're praying, you know, this can happen where you sort of get a little bit used to what you're doing to where you can be doing two things at once. You can be praying and then thinking about the football game or whatever it might be. When that happens, then mix it up a little bit. Find some different prayers in the Bible to pray over your people switch it to a different time, stack it with a different habit, something like that. But if you just get to where you just are repeating something that doesn't have any meaning in your, in your heart, in your mind, then you need to switch it up a little bit. So that actually is something that's connecting with God and where you're actually making that reach to the Lord instead of just going through the motions. Those quick tips, stack your habits, keep a notebook nearby so you can write down stuff that you need to remember. And then if you notice that you're thinking about other things while you're praying, mix it up a little bit. So this is of our reach up, rise up, reach out. This is our reach out sermon. And I'm going to keep talking about this and hopefully we'll have good momentum with take five by Easter and we can have a resurrection Sunday where all kinds of people are being prayed for. We're going to jump in this week with me, the staff, the board, the prayer team, making sure all the volunteers are prayed for and then building that over time. So very excited about it. Here's the deal. If every one of us gives a little more than we take, then we'll have the horsepower to win the spiritual battle. If you pray for five people and everyone does that, then everybody can be prayed for. Even people who don't believe in God, even people who don't care, they can be prayed for. So I'm calling on you to be a person of prayer in 2021. And as we close, I want to pray Ephesians 1, 15 through 21 or 17 through 21 that we read. I want to pray that over us. So over you and me, I want to pray this over us just as an example and as a good fitting way to finish up this service. So let's pray. You can pray with me as well. So back to, I'm just going to base this on Ephesians 1. I'm not going to pray it straight word for word, but Heavenly Father, I thank you for those that are listening. I thank you, Lord, for those who love you and who love your people and whose faith is in you and who want to serve you. Father, I thank you for them. I remember them right now in my prayers and I give thanks for them. Lord, I pray that you may show each of us, show us your wisdom and your revelation. Give us your spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know you better so that we can align our hearts with you, so that we can love you and connect with you and walk with you through this difficult life. So Lord, give us your spirit of wisdom and revelation so we can know you and know you better. Lord, I pray that the eyes of our heart may be opened, may be enlightened, so that we can know the hope that you have called us to, so that we don't live this life without hope. We don't live this life blind to the good things you have for us, but that we would know the riches of your glorious inheritance that we have in your holy people. Lord, that we are made co-heirs with Christ, that we have an eternal inheritance. Lord, we can have hope knowing and remembering that. 
And Lord, also we have hope because we know that you have amazing, incomparably great power for all who believe that power that you showed through the resurrection of Jesus, that mighty strength that you have, that same power is at work today in all of us who believe. Help us to have hope in that power, to know how to tap into that power, to align our hearts with you so that we don't ask amiss, but Lord, that we are in the center of your will so that we can trust you for great and mighty things. So Father, I thank you for each one listening. I thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you have forgiveness for us, you have provision for us, you have deliverance for us. And Lord, we can stand for your truth and we can love one another. So Father, I pray your blessings upon each one. Lord, I pray your blessings of peace, of joy, and of love. And may we share that peace and joy and love through praying for others and sharing our faith with others as well. So Father, bless us in all these ways. In Jesus' name, amen.